On a beautiful run through the park on a pleasant day, you can easily get lost. No, no, no! She didn't kill him. Huh? In your true crime podcast. It was the pool guy. So obvious. Whatever motivates you works for us. It's all about letting your run be your run. And Brooks is here for every runner, doing the research and sweating the details to create gear that works for you. It's your run. Brooks, run happy. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you to the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports friendly perspective. With pro handicappers Alex P. Smith, Andrew McKinnis, and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Wednesday, January 26th, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith. Wednesday, uh, NHL card on the way, five games on tap. We'll get to those uh, in just a second. But first, we'll look back on the Tuesday night slate. It was a big uh, night of action with eight games across the National Hockey League. Ottawa blanking Buffalo 5-0 in that game. Ottawa team total over cashes. I think a couple of us liked that. That was one of my uh, bets on the card yesterday. The Senators uh, end up getting five against a uh, farmer in the Dell, uh, Aaron Dell, who was uh, at, the, at the forefront, obviously, of a very uh, a bad decision on his part, I think, to uh, just, yeah, let's level some guy outside of the net and uh, injure him. Uh, and that's exactly what we saw in Drake Batherson last night, uh, Aaron Dell. And he's actually, if you look at it, this is not the first time he's done this, uh, Aaron Dell. He's got a history and a track record of these really unnecessary uh, hits that he has done, uh, laid when he's outside of his own goal crease. Uh, so that was very unfortunate and a potentially severe injury too, suffered by uh, Drake Batherson as well, that did not leave DJ Smith, the head coach of the Senators, very happy uh, after that game seeing that. So uh, apparently Dell is better at body checking opposing players than keeping the puck out of the net, uh, apparently at this point in time. But uh, nevertheless, uh, that was a... Uh, Bad move by him. Not necessary to do that. Very cheap, very ugly uh, hit by him. Uh, And now all of a sudden, you know, a guy that was supposed to be in the All-Star game for the Ottawa Senators. He was an All-Star this year. And he's now going to be out through the All-Star break, which means he won't be able to participate in that event. Just absolutely gutted for uh, Drake Batherson. And uh, bad job by Aaron Dell. Terrible uh, by him to do that. Connor's got it right in the chat. Yeah, go kick rocks if you're Aaron Dell. Actually, don't. Keep going in the net so we can fade your ass and we can keep seeing you win up <laughs> five goals on a nightly basis. Keep betting overs and team total overs against you. Uh, so we, we don't want to completely see him kick rocks there, Connor, but I get the sentiment. It was just an unnecessary play there, and Ottawa gets the uh, 5 nothing win. But people talking about that Arundel hit on Batherson, Alex, after that game more than the uh, actual final score. Yeah, I, I I was infuriated to see this. I didn't I didn't see it as it happened. I wasn't watching that game until I checked, kind of just checked in and out with it. Uh, once I saw it, it was kind of a blowout. I you know didn't really pay much attention to it. But when I saw the everybody talking about it on Twitter, and like you said, this is the second time in what within two weeks we saw this. We saw like I said the hit with uh, the player in Nashville. He's literally skating up to the boards and checking a guy. Then there was a hit when he was a member of the San Jose Sharks. He elbowed a guy with uh, in a series with the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Like I said, he has a history of this. And, you know, you always hear the phrase hurt people, hurt people. That's literally what this is. I mean, like we're talking about like Aaron Dell is the shittiest goalie in the National Hockey League. We can all say this with with fact. OK, and, and now here he is taking out his frustration on guys and, and, and ends up hurting an all star player. And they're saying he's going to be out long term because it's a sprain. And they're saying they've got to wait for the swelling to go down to do all the, the x-rays and MRIs. They're saying that the sprain could be as bad as a break, which I, as someone who's done that with their ankle, I know what that what that's like. That's awful. So, uh, you know, this guy's career is, you know, going to at some point come to a, to a, a close sooner than later in, in reference to Dell. Because, you know, once the Sabres goaltenders get hurt, he's back to, you know, the AHL or maybe even the coast, the way that he's been playing the last two years. It's it's really unfortunate, and, and you just hate to see it. And I get it. You know, Matt Murray, he's got a shutout going. The game's well in hand. Honestly, you know what, if, if you know, and I, I guess this is my old school you know, way of thinking, but I, if there was a scrum with two minutes left in that game, I'm going down there and, and I'm beating the shit out of Dell if I'm Matt Murray, you know, like you, you just you just can't do that to one of our top guys. Right. And, yeah. and, and, and that's that was really a, a called time for a goalie fight, in my opinion, 
uh, late in that contest. So just you just really hate to see it. Hope Matheson will be all right. And he said the numbers that he had uh, putting up in, in this great season for him to now miss time. That's only going to hurt Ottawa uh, as badly as they're affected now. And the Sabres, they're just still going to suck with Aaron Dell between the pipes. But hopefully he won't get too long of a suspension because, like you said, he's been making us some money. Yeah, I mean, if that was Ron Hextall, if that was Garth Snow, if that was Steve Shields, Ed Belfour, I mean, you go on down the list of goalies that if they saw the opposing goalie just cheap shot someone like that. Yeah, uh, they'd have ran them right then, even in the first period. Yeah, yeah, they were going to go tear right down that ice to the other end and start, the shit was going to go down essentially yeah the the flippers were coming off uh and they were and they were there were there was a beat down on the way or at least a fight on the way uh mm-hmm. they were defending some of those old school goalies wouldn't have uh, accepted that and I'll, I'll even throw someone who's playing in the nhl and starting in the nhl today that might have reacted jordan binnington you know yep. from st louis there's there's a guy that could have seen that and said oh no you don't yeah. he'd be the guy in today's group of goaltenders that maybe be the first on the list to maybe tear down that ice. Jordan, Jordan Bennington's been looking for a fight. Off. He's been looking for a fight for about three seasons now, it seems like, when he's yeah. had some of his uh, his his worst uh, outings. And, and you know, even even going back to Corey, if it's so funny you talk about the Blues, but Corey Crawford and Jonathan Quick in the playoffs almost got into a fight. Jonathan and Corey Crawford actually did attack a Blues player during a, a postseason. You're talking about playoff you know, series where you don't really want to risk losing a goaltender, but – uh, you know, like I said, I, I guess, you know, times have changed. That is the, the sign of the, of the times where back then, you know, you had goalies that were willing to fight. Now, most of these guys that just kind of let the other guys deal with it. But, you know, and, and that's the thing. Another player could have stepped up, too. It didn't have to be Murray necessarily. But I think somebody should have really stepped up and, and answered the bell on the ice uh, as opposed, you know, along with whatever suspensions the player safety levies down at this point. Yeah, everybody's saying Dell should be disciplined. Bullshit play is what uh, a lot of the senators called it. Dirty hits, says uh, DJ Smith. Uh, dangerous elbow. Uh, those were really the words being thrown around by the senators after the game. And he will have a hearing, by the way, uh, Aaron Dell. Uh, so that means there's probably going to be some kind of uh, disciplinary action uh, on the way for the Buffalo Sabres goal. The downside, if he gets suspended, is we get to pump the uh, Aaron Dell fade train on on hold for a for a little bit, but well, and uh, if and if he does too, it's Michael Hauser and and who the hell else? Well, exactly. I mean, they've been decimated <laughs> at the goaltending position yeah. this year. The Buffalo Sabers uh, again. They just uh, they've had obviously they got multiple goalies on long term injured reserve right yeah. now. Uko Pekalukanen, Malcolm Subban, Craig Anderson, Dustin Tokarski, four goalies, four. Yeah. So it's, it's not even not even taking somebody else out. It's like you're hurting your own team. You know, I well, in in theory, not really. If he's out of the net, that really helps Buffalo. But he's hurting his own team by them possibly losing now a fifth goalie and having to go down to wherever or sign somebody off the street to back up Hauser at this point. Yep, exactly. So we're looking right now for Buffalo at Michael Hauser and he, who else? Who who knows where else they go uh, after him? Uh, for the goaltending situation right now with the uh, Buffalo Sabres. But uh, they end up losing 5 nothing. although the Arendelle elbow incident on Batherson certainly overshadowed the uh, the uh, final score of that game. Uh, Dallas 5-1 against New Jersey. Horrendous bet for me on New Jersey, uh, especially using it as a best bet. But, hey, it is what it is. Uh, Kira Schmid was not up to the task uh, last night, uh, goaltending for New Jersey. Uh, he got pulled in that game. Gillies took over. But I did have the over. I kind of wish I had gone with the over because I really like the over too. But uh, Dallas with the 5-1 win there. Uh, Pittsburgh, wild one against Arizona. Arizona, very impressive effort. Good battle level from them once again. But uh, Vimelka lights out early, and then the roof caved in on him, and Pittsburgh's offense got going in a big way. Uh, a 6-3 comeback win for Pittsburgh. They end up covering the puck line as well for those that maybe laid the puck and a half there on Pittsburgh. Game ends up flying over the total after a scoreless first period, which you don't always see uh, as well. So 6-3 Pittsburgh there. Carolina team total over was a bet for me. They got it done 4-3. Ajo wins it in overtime. Terrible turnover by Vegas. Great effort, though. Back-to-back on the road, shorthanded Golden Knights team. You got to be impressed with the effort that they came back, got a point, in that game, very good on the road against a good Carolina team, but Carolina finds a way 4-3 uh, in that one. Uh, the Islanders, wasn't easy, uh, but they get past Philadelphia 4-3. Congrats to Alex, and he actually is the reason I actually took that as well. The Islanders team total uh, yeah. over 3.5. It was a great price. It was actually the better bet, I think, than the regulation bet because you're sweating that the whole way. Yeah. Uh, whereas the 3.5, I always say that. We're going to talk about this with Washington in just a little bit. Sometimes don't go with the regulation line. Go with the team total. It's a less mm-hmm. price. 
Uh, you've got maybe a little bit more. You don't have to worry if San Jose scores four, if Washington scores four in the game tonight, you still get the Washington team total over. Same with last night. If yep. Flyers had tied that game, Alex, 4-4 late in the third period, who the hell cares if you bet the island if if you bet right. the Islanders team total over three and a half? You were already a winner. Exactly. That that's the the beauty of these. We gotta we're gonna have really have to hone in on these now because we're seeing these high favorites. I mean, we're you know we've already seen five dollars, six dollars, one seven dollar range, and and once you get in that and that range, those team totals are still gonna be probably juiced out of price. But when you see anything in the two dollar, three dollar range, which is gonna be common from here on out as teams fall out of the race, teams move up. Uh, team totals are, are going to be very important with the, with those overs. So uh, that's something to definitely kind of, I think, circle for everybody just in their kind of handicap and one-on-one moving forward this hockey season. It's something that to have. And kind of want to make a quick note, too, something that happened with the Flyers. They made a great hire. They brought John Torchetti in as an assistant coach. Now, John Torchetti was a guy who, for some reason, has not gotten a fair shake as being a true head coach. He's been an interim on four bases. He's been an assistant for parts of 10 years. Uh, the last time the Blackhawks had a half-decent power play, he was uh, in charge of it. When when the Wild were struggling, they got rid of Mike Yo. Torchetti was the interim guy and got things rolling, and team, unfortunately, kind of fell apart in the playoffs, and that was why he got bounced out of there. Uh, if I'm GM Chuck Fletcher, I'd really kind of maybe split the time up between Yo and Torchetti and see where the talent lies. Uh, spoiler alert, John Torchetti's a better coach than Mike Yo, so you might want to make that change um, possibly at the end of the year. Yeah, very possible. It's almost like, let's see what happens now, Torchetti on board. If there's an uptick, maybe it's a sign that maybe Torchetti's the reason from a coaching mm-hmm. standpoint, the turnaround's happening, happening, not so much Mike Yo, uh, yeah. no question. Yeah, I appreciate that. Cheshire Cat mentioned, I did mention Jake, Jacob Peterson for Dallas uh, last night, but I forgot to bet him. It's a crazy thing. I forgot. Uh, just, you know, you're rushing around. The games are about to start. Uh, but I did mention, I thought there was a great value on him. And now he scored back-to-back games in three of the last five games. He scored a goal now for the Dallas Stars. So there you go. Keep an eye on that for sure. Uh, you know, ride maybe goal-scoring props with him. He's definitely, even though he's playing on a third line, he's not a top-six guy. Uh, he's still finding a way to get chances and obviously find the back of the net uh, as well for the uh, Dallas Stars. Um, what else did we have last night? We had Florida beating Winnipeg 5-3. Just too depleted on the back end. You know, no Josh Morrissey, no Logan Stanley, uh, no Dylan DeMello. That's three of your six starting defensemen on the blue line, uh, Winnipeg, for Winnipeg that were out last night. So that game cruised over the total, which was one of my plays last night. Uh, good to see that one get in Florida with the 5-3 victory uh, last night. We saw Nashville beat Seattle 4-2. to I took a shot with Seattle. No, no regrets. I mean, pretty solid effort from them, but... They had a two to one lead at one point, but Nashville gets back to back goals and then they put it away late uh, and get the four two win in Seattle. Tough one to lose for Seattle because now they go on the road and they're facing a lot of good teams on this road trip. Yeah. So it's going to be a tough road trip coming up for the Kraken. And the other game, Edmonton, Vancouver. Edmonton, get the fire hydrant out, put out the Oilers. They're red hot. They've won two in a row here, uh, three to two in overtime against Vancouver. Uh, Spencer Martin was brilliant in that game, to be honest. They did deserve, I think, the two points, Edmonton. They got stronger as the game went on. They really started to carry the play. And a great play by my own hometown uh, friend here, Darnell Nurse uh, from Hamilton. Uh, Hamilton's finest with a great setup for Connor McDavid for the overtime winner. 3-2 Oilers. That's two in a row. Now we'll see if the win streak happens and they start to keep rolling after this. Um, that's still a game effort, and Spencer Martin deserves credit. He's in a brutal situation here, tough spot, because yep. Demko's out, Halak is out. They have to go to him now as the third goalie, and he's thrown into a tough spot. Had to play Florida, had to play Edmonton uh, in his first two starts, and he played very well in both of those games, gave the Canucks a chance. So let's give a little salute to uh, Spencer Martin. They've certainly uh, played very admirably for the Canucks in a tough situation. Hasn't he, Alex? Yeah, he has. I mean, he's he's done a tremendous job making 47 of uh, 50 saves against uh, Edmonton, albeit a losing effort. That's still very impressive for you know one of the more potent offenses. Like I said, when they get things rolling, uh, that that can feel like you're facing 100 shots uh, for sure. So that's something to keep note of. However, I think the books, if they start taking a little, you know, paying attention to that, oh, he's beating Florida, he's beating Edmonton. You got to look at the spots. 
they might actually, you know, maybe overcorrect things a little bit. We might have a chance to face Spencer Martin down the stretch, but so far so good he's added in these first two starts. And again, more of a book now is out on him now after a couple of starts against Florida and uh, Edmonton. Again, uh, Vancouver loses both games, but not because of Spencer Martin. Uh, they ended up having a chance because of Spencer Martin. But the more he gets, you know, action in the NHL level, teams will have t- uh, scout tendencies and you know, weaknesses and patterns in his game like they do with a lot of young goalies. And you'll have to see if maybe he's still able to play better as he gets more games under his belt, as teams get a little more familiar with his style of goaltending. we got Jimmy Murphy with us as well. Uh, Jimmy, just some observations from last night for you. Sorry, guys, I had a mute and sorry I'm late. Uh, just it's okay. Uh, running it's late a busy on guy. You're run- Every yeah. Hockey Now website is under Jimmy's dur- jurisdiction right now. <laughs> and of course, my ca- my camera's screwed up again, so I apologize, but that's better off for your eyesight. Um, so anyhow, guys, yeah, what I thought in those games last night, look, I, we as I said to you, and I, I understood your caution about the Oilers, uh, and, and they did, you know, and they only they squeaked one out in overtime there, so it wasn't like they, they blew them out, and I was wrong on the puck line, but got a feeling they're going to go on a little roll right now. And, and, you know, if they can get maybe two more wins consecutively here, Ian, I think we really have something with that team. And I think they're going to start to really believe in themselves. But until they can do that, I think they need at least a four to five game win streak to say, okay, we're good. We can go forward with this season right now and not blow it up and, and not have the, 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 you know, the cloud of change hanging over us. I think they're going to be in good shape, but there's still a few games to, to be seen there. Uh, the other one, though, guys, I mean, you look around the league, and I, I think one thing we have to look at right now is I remember somebody in the chat room, Ian, yesterday when I, I picked the over on the Islanders game there. And I know, I mean, we're just programmed to think under with New York Islanders. Well, guess what? That's all out the door this year. I, I think what we've learned is that obviously since, you know, the, the COVID uh, pause and a lot of these teams going through these COVID wars and and just you know dealing what they have with players in and out of the lineups. The over's been hitting way more than not, and it really doesn't matter what type of team you are, whether you're a conservative team like the Islanders or a high flying team like the Oilers. Uh, you have to really pay close attention to trends and to who's playing, uh, and it's not just based on reputation anymore. And that's why I went with that over there. So I think that's that's just a lesson that we continue to learn right now is that all the things we we kind of applied when we're looking at totals uh, for a whole game are kind of out the door there this year, Ian, because of COVID. And by the way, Martin Jones is the uh, elixir for any Islander game to finally go over the total. And we saw that uh, last night. Even <laughs> Why Mar- would you always be looking at him supposedly on the trade market? I mean, if you're trying to shore up the goals against there, I don't think he's the guy you want to go to. No, he's not. Yeah. I mean, you I'd know- rather Mike Smith or what they have there at Koskinen than Martin Jones, so. Yeah, uh, sure, but that's actually the truth. The truth, as for as much as Koskinen's been up and down lately, he's actually been better two starts in a row, and uh, he's still better, I think, than Martin Jones is a better option. Now we're about to talk Washington, the first game on the card, San Jose, Washington. I want to bring up first though, Mark Andre Fleury rumors yeah. with the yeah. Washington Capitals right now, and they're really heating up. There's now multiple people that are saying the Washington Capitals are very, very much. Uh, in talks with Chicago about a deal that would send Marc-Andre Fleury to Washington because, look, uh, Vanacek's inconsistent. This has been a tough year, down year for Samsonov. Uh, He hasn't played well lately. All of a sudden, Washington may be looking at Fleury and looking at upgrading their goaltending. Jimmy, are you hearing the same? I am. I am. I don't know. From what I hear, it's not as close as maybe it's being painted right now. It's more exploratory early stages. And, and, you know, if you're if you're um, Kyle Davidson in Chicago, why are you going to rush anything right now? Just, you know, let the value get higher as teams get it's going to you know, there's going to be injuries. Nice. You know, teams are going to get a goalie injury between now and the March 21st deadline. I think that's that's what's going on here, guys. So I, I when you hear trade rumors, take them for what they are. Take them with a grain of salt, because you got to remember, I know normally the trade deadline is February 21st, 22nd, you know, between the 21st and the 27th of February. It's not. We're still like two months away from the trade deadline. So there's plenty of time for these teams that are sellers like Chicago or the Montreal Canadiens to field offers and, and really put a, you know, put an auction out there and take the best bidder as, as they get closer or right at the deadline. But I definitely think there's, you know, there's legs to that rumor there. I just hope for Vanacek's sake that he's not the guy that gets moved out. I mean, you got to think one goalie's going out in that deal and you know, it's gotta be like, Okay, first you let me go in the expansion draft, then you get me back, and now you're going to trade me again. 
I mean, he's just going to have a built-in hate for the Capitals after that if he's moved. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, it is. It'll be fascinating to keep an eye on that story moving forward. Uh, Wednesday's card, let's start with San Jose and the uh, Washington Capitals, who we've just mentioned. Uh, Washington, minus 210, home favorites, five and a half, six the total, depending on which book you're looking at at the moment. Uh, we've got Washington off a shutout loss to the uh, Vegas Golden Knights, one nothing. Uh, on Tuesday night, they actually carried the play 34, 29 in shots. You look at the numbers in that game. They actually had the expected goals edge. They had a huge edge in high danger chances generated 12 compared to five for Vegas in that game. So, and I did cash a ticket with Vegas and I'll take it, but Washington probably deserved a better fate. They did have, I think the better of the play were really bringing it on in the third period, but they just could not tie that game and they fell short one, nothing Peter LaViolette lamenting just the struggles of Washington. They're just three and seven, their last 10 games. I've mentioned the record without Oshie. I'm not going to repeat that, but it still remains a problem for them. And he's not coming back till early February. So uh, that's the issue for Washington. They got to find ways to win without Oshie in the lineup. That's been a problem. I think this is a winnable spot for them. You look at San Jose, one and four in their last five games. They kind of trended downward. They did, you know, surprise LA with a six to two win. Timo Meyer had one of those explosions offensively in that game. And other than that, they've been pretty dreadful lately, losing to the Rangers, the Penguins, Seattle. And then they get absolutely drilled by uh, Tampa Bay, final game of their homestand, seven to one. Uh, that game on uh, Friday night uh, and James Reimer's in net and James Reimer's a fade in the bet against right now. Uh, he's definitely had a rough stretch since the Christmas break. Uh, he's going to be back in net tonight because Aiden Hill is, is not available. He's out. So they got no choice. They got to go to Reimer who just can't stop a uh, beach ball at the moment. It's been brutal for Reimer here lately. Four goals allowed, got pulled against Tampa Bay. He gave up a four spot to Detroit six to, Pittsburgh gave up seven, you remember, in the first game after the break against Arizona. That's really when the struggles began uh, for James Reimer. And I think with Washington off a home loss to Vegas, they're, they're, they're really focused to have a good effort here. I'm going to go with a split bet here, Washington in regulation and also Washington team total over three and a half, uh, which you can get around even money. Uh, I'm splitting it up because this could be, I could see this being like 3-1 Washington, but I could also see this being like 4-3 you know, Washington, where the team total is, but regulation falls short in overtime, maybe. I think Washington finds a way. I just like to be able to split it up between having the regulation with the Capitals and also uh, the team total over three and a half. But I think they'll get to four goals. I know offensively it's been hit or miss lately for Washington, but it's been a whole lot of miss in between the pipes for James Reimer. And defensively for San Jose, they've kind of come unglued. So I'm going to have two bets and split them in half. Washington, in regulation, minus 130, and as well as Washington uh, team total over three and a half here at around plus 100, minus 110. Uh, Alex, uh, Sharks and Capitals. Yeah, I, I would agree with that team total uh, over. Like you said, Reimer has been pretty bad. And, and San Jose, you can arguably say that they that the team themselves have lost five games. And Timo Meyer was the one who beat LA. He got five of those six goals in that six, two route, but the, the rest of the team has been pretty brutal uh, within that five game stretch. And like I said, this is that time where we're seeing them kind of fade out of contention where we thought, Oh, maybe they can hang around and, and be a wild card contender in the West. I don't think that's going to be the case, especially playing one of the better teams in the East right now in Washington. Uh, and, and like you said, now that we're starting to hear trade rumors and different things, you know, guys, tend to perk up when they kind of hear things like that. So we might see a good effort out of Washington and we might just see the same old kind of blase, uh, you know, play we've seen from San Jose moving forward. So it's not going to be an official play for me. I'm probably going to look and attack this game live uh, next, next goal to score and things of that nature. Like I said, it could be four three or it could be a three, one or three, nothing game. So I don't want to rely too much on anything pregame. I want to kind of just, you know, scope things out early and then maybe make some moves from there. All right, good stuff there. Alex uh, looking maybe more in game, but does lean to Washington team total over. I know our chat here on YouTube kind of likes Washington first period uh, puck line, which is minus a half plus 130. I have no objection. Uh, I think that might be uh, something to consider as well. Jimmy, what do you think? San Jose, Washington. Yeah, I'm kind of with Alex on this. It's one I'll maybe jump in during the game just because I don't trust Washington right now. I mean, you know, Based on reputation, again, like I said, can't always base anything on our reputation, but based on the way we look at both teams, you would automatically pick Washington, the favorite here, but I, they're just, they're underachieving right now. Let's face it, guys. I mean, they're, they're not living up to par. I know they battled injuries. I know they've had COVID issues, but 
that you can't trust the Washington Capitals right now. And of course, you can't trust the San Jose Sharks. So this is something I'll sit back and maybe jump in in game. All right, good stuff. And by the way, uh, San Jose, uh, like we said, uh, Samsonov will be in net tonight for Washington. He has struggled, uh, but they say that the time off, the, uh, the, the reports are positive that Ilya Samsonov's in a good frame of mind. He's at good practice, you know, good practices lately. They feel he's ready to turn it around. We'll see tonight. But that's also kind of why I like the team total being on my side. What if he's struggling again tonight, Samsonov? That's why I want the team total because the regulation bet is in jeopardy. You know, if uh, Samsonov is going to struggle again tonight uh, for the Capitals. So we'll keep an eye on him and let's see if he can get back on track in between the pipes for Washington tonight. Two goalies kind of struggling right now. Anaheim, Toronto. We got Toronto minus 270 uh, home favorites here. Five and a half the total uh, across the board. Uh, Anaheim was a big uh, underdog uh, winner for multiple people, me, me and Jimmy especially, uh, against Boston the other night. 5-3 win for the uh, Ducks in that game. Uh, an Anaheim team that got healthier, got the return of Troy Terry, uh, which was significant. Also got Cam Fowler uh, on the blue line back from injury uh, for Anaheim. And now all of a sudden, that's about two wins in a row for them and against some really good teams, Tampa Bay. Boston on the road to start the road trip. Uh, now they'll play the Leafs, who definitely have had a good amount of rest, have not played since Saturday. So this is a very well-rested uh, Toronto Maple Leafs team coming into this uh, game. So it does set up well in terms of Leafs should have a lot of energy. They're 3-2, and two, by the way, this year uh, on extended rest, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs going into this one. But these are the kind of spots I sometimes worry about with the Leafs, where these midweek games at home, uh, playing a non-conference game, especially a team like Anaheim, which is more of a you know middle-of-the-pack to below-average team uh, in the Western Conference. We've seen instances where Toronto doesn't always play up to the uh, play. Sometimes plays down to the competition. Not that Anaheim's you know playing poorly right now. They've actually played well, but these are the kind of games where Toronto sometimes is vulnerable, especially as these uh, big favorites here. I'm actually going to take the same bet with Anaheim that I took the other night. I like. I definitely prefer the first period tonight. With the Anaheim Ducks, I think it is worth a shot at, at the big plus price. Keep in mind, Jack Campbell will start, and Jack Campbell's, for the first time, hit a little bit of a rough patch this year for the Leafs. He hasn't played as well. You could argue some of that is just uh, the defense being injured in front of him because there were games where you know Jake Muzzin was out, Justin Hall was out. There was multiple defensemen that were uh, out for the uh, Leafs, and it looks like Hall might be back tonight uh, for Toronto uh, in this game. It looks like Muzzin, though, still out. Uh, that definitely hurt Jack Campbell's ability to stop the puck. But at the same point in time, he hasn't been necessarily as sharp lately. Uh, you know, it's not like Toronto's got any home uh, ice ed edge right now with just an empty building as well uh, at Scotiabank Arena. So, you know, I'm going to I'm going to take another shot at it here with Anaheim uh, plus 190 first period and Anaheim plus 230 uh, on the money line here. Full game. What I'm going to do is a 75 25 percentage split. 75% of the bet for me is going to be the first period on Anaheim because I do think Toronto could be slow out of the gate, maybe come back and win. Uh, and then the other 25% will be the full game money line for the Ducks, which is around plus 230 here uh, in this game. I think it's worth a shot. They've played some really good hockey. Gibson's playing some really good hockey since he's come back uh, in net for Anaheim. So I think it's a potential once again here for the Ducks maybe to be a bit of a live road underdog. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Anaheim, Toronto. You know, I'm kind of going to do the same thing you're doing. I'm going to have half units on, on two plays, one of them being that first period with Anaheim. Uh, I think they could be able to jump out and get to a lead. Uh, like I said, Toronto, they kind of sleepwalk through some of these games. Like I said, non-conference, haven't played in a few days. Could be a bit of, a bit, bit of some rust. Uh, Anaheim playing a bit better, getting those two wins. They have, I think, the momentum edge early. But I'm going to take that other half unit, and it's funny, uh, Cheshire Cat mentioned it in the chat, uh, you know, could they go or – Sorry, it was uh, no Howie was mentioning about could they go to overtime? I'm like, I think they actually could make this an OT game. Three of the last five meetings have been uh, decided by OT or or have been a one goal games. And when you look at the Ducks, you know, haven't been a whole lot of, of blowouts. Same thing with the Maple Leafs. You know, they've been like I said, when they have these games, they kind of you know sleepwalk through. They're not really geared up for them. They can easily get caught and have to like I said have to come from behind. Uh, in, in some of these spots. So we could definitely see a 3-3 game after 60 minutes here. And you're talking about plus 370, plus 375. That's worth taking at least a half unit shot on. So I'll split a unit between Anaheim first period and the draw regulation. All right, there we go. So that's Anaheim uh, 
first period, which again, you can get that at a pretty good price uh, as well, plus 190 range, and also liking uh, Anaheim, Toronto, uh, regulation draw uh, in this one. Uh, and you can get that plus 375 with that uh, in a lot of spots, a terrific price uh, for the uh, draw in this one. Jimmy, uh, Anaheim, Toronto. Well, you know what? Me and Alex on the same wavelength today, but I'm going to take a little further with Anaheim in that first period. Give me them in the regulation line. We can get some hefty value there at plus 290 I'm looking at right now. And I also like the draw there too. I think it's going to, I think Alex nailed it. It's going to be one of those games where the, the road team jumps out, catches Toronto sleeping, then they wake up as the game goes on and they settle in an extra time. All right, there you go. Anaheim, that's minus a half first period puck line, plus 290 for Anaheim uh, for Jimmy. What was the other one? I'm going to take the draw as well. Draw as well, plus 375. All right, we have Andrew McGinnis with us now for the first time here on this Wednesday show. Andrew, welcome in. Anaheim, Toronto, what do you think? Anaheim, Toronto, over five and a half, guys. I like the full game total over here. I know it's a you know few days rest, like Alex was just mentioning there, for the Leafs. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think that still um, no Muzzin makes a big difference. Hall coming back for them. Ducks, you know, I was saying today earlier that I was like wondering if, you know, can they can they sustain what they're doing here? And people can talk about defense or goaltending or whatever they want to say in that Boston game. It doesn't matter what you want to say. They scored five goals. The Ducks scored five goals in that game. And I expect, you know, a good game out of the Leafs tonight. Uh, and it is, like I said, their first game back at home. So, you know, I think if you're a prop player, it could be a fun game to play this game as well. But, um, you know, I think the fact that Campbell's been such a good goaltender that we have, you know, some good goaltending on Anaheim as well. We're getting this five and a half here, guys. I really like this toll. I really think that we're going to see a, a goal fest here and Anaheim can can hang around. And also, it could be one of those first period total games as well. But I also have that feeling that if anything, we could also see, you know, I, I like what you guys think with the Anaheim first period. If I was to bet Anaheim, I would be going first period. Uh, and I think if anything, we see a slow start from the Maple Leafs. But um, I, I, my official play is over five and a half. And I'm not so sure if you guys touched on San Jose, Washington quite yet, but, uh, yeah, I'll go just ahead. say this. Yeah, we did. Go ahead. Um, yeah. Washington five and one last six games for them to the over after scoring two goals or fewer, uh, in their previous game, San Jose gave up seven, their last game. Washington has been real inconsistent. We talked about on yesterday's show, this team, uh, when they've dealt with some injuries and, Obviously, that one nothing game. I mean, I told I said yesterday on the show to you guys. When's the last time we saw a one nothing game? You know, a very long time, and I, I think we're going to see a bounce back. So, and this is kind of an interesting. I think it's a preferential thing, but you see a five and a half at minus one twenty five, right, one thirty. Then you also see sixes in that game at plus one hundred. So you ask yourself, long term, what's the math on that? How many times is that game going to land on six? And should I take a six at plus one hundred, or should I take the five and a half personally? Because I'm not always betting these and I'm not high volume tonight betting a bunch of five and a halves juiced. I'll take the five and a half. If we get a four two Washington win and I get the push on the six, I won't be too happy. So this is one of those instances where I'm more than happy to go with the minus 125. I don't mind quote for quote buying points when it's a total. And obviously it's not really buying points because it's available. I'd be different if it was six across the board and you bought down to five and a half or something like that. So right. I have no problem uh, with the this. But I will say this, actually, you know, I forgot to mention, um, you talk about uh, splitting up bets here. I actually have done a half unit on the first period and the half unit on the full game. Haven't done that in quite some time, but uh, well, I, I don't know if Chris Otto's in our chat or Alex, if you'd know, but I know Washington's a pretty good first period over team. And so I, I think they're going to yeah. try and bounce back quickly. Yeah. So I'm on the, I'm on both, but uh, half unit on full, full game, half unit on first period over. All right, so that's over five and a half on both games, Anaheim, Toronto, San Jose, Washington. Uh, but with San Jose, Washington, it's a half and half split uh, bet, first period over and full game over with the uh, Sharks and the Capitals uh, in the uh, first game that we talked about earlier. All right, uh, we'll move on now. Calgary and Columbus uh, next up. We've got Calgary minus 190 road favorite, six the total here in this game. Flames, of course, took advantage of the ultimate uh Terrific spot for them, and a terrible one for the Blues. Pounded St. Louis seven to one the other night uh, at home. Now they start a, a road trip here, where they'll be in Columbus tonight, and then they'll be in St. Louis playing the Blues again tomorrow night. And they're going with Jacob Markstrom again tonight, who, after a little bit of a shaky uh, time of it for a few starts, there he's played a little bit better here his last few starts, especially those two home games. Florida, St. Louis played very well. 
St. Louis didn't really do much, though. The last game, you do have to factor that in, but still played well in net for the uh, Flames uh, in that game. Now they go to a Columbus here team. They've uh, pretty much dominated here. They've won four straight head-to-head meetings here uh, against the Columbus Blue Jackets, including two straight here uh, between these two teams. I would lean Calgary in regulation a little bit here in this game. I, I, I do think this team is starting to really start to get their game back again, and really they're kind of being devalued a little bit because of, three games the, the look at the slump they had okay three of the four losses in that slump were florida tampa bay and carolina in their buildings where they're almost unbeatable carolina's got an incredible home record tampa bay has an incredible home record florida has an incredible home record you know so we're really going to downgrade calgary for losing those three games they had the flat spot against ottawa then they had the bag skate daryl sutter wasn't happy uh and then they came back played a terrific home game against florida the loss against Edmonton, they probably should have won that. They outplayed Edmonton, but it was Koskinen robbing them uh, in net in that 5-3 Oilers win. And then, of course, they bounced back and pummeled St. Louis 7-1. to So uh, I definitely think here Calgary and regulation is the way I'm going to probably look at it here uh, against uh, Columbus. And Columbus, you look at it, I've been fading them. Uh, they just don't – I don't trust them against good teams. Their wins were Philly. Their wins were New Jersey. Uh, they did beat Carolina 6 nothing in Carolina. That was a stunner, but that looks more like an anomaly, you know, and a one-off than anything else uh, for me. So I think there might be a little bit of a streak starting for Calgary, and I think it's important they win this game because if they win tonight, I'm actually probably going to wheel back and go against them tomorrow night against St. Louis, who are terrific at home, who are not going to be very happy after Calgary embarrassed them on Monday night. So that's kind of the way I'm looking at it with the Flames. Let's see if we can cash in with them tonight and maybe go against them tomorrow night uh, when they take on the St. Louis Blues. Alex, what do you think here? Uh, Flames and Blue Jackets. Yeah, these are uh, a couple teams you want to look at from a first period over point of view, especially Columbus. They are now top of the league uh, in, in that category of cashing those. They're on a 14-3 and three run the last 17, the first period over. Calgary has cashed not only the first period over in four straight, but also goal within the first 10 minutes. Uh, in the last four straight. So what I'm doing here is you don't want to lay a dollar forty-five, dollar fifty. You want to wait a few minutes, get this adjusted in game. But you got to pay real close attention. This is one. If you're going to do this, I would advise watching it uh, and and having everything ready. You know, with your laptop and, or your phone, get ready to to bet this because we may not get that much time before that first goal goes in. Uh, the way that these two teams have kind of played up and down within the first 20 minutes of play. So I like the first period over. Don't grab it now. Wait a little bit. Get a better price adjusted in game. All right, there we go. Uh, maybe he loves, uh, Alex likes first period over here, Calgary, Columbus, but he's just waiting uh, maybe to the early part of that game. There's a prop I like. The, Andrew's mentioned it, I think, the last couple shows, certainly yesterday, these goalie save props. Even though I like Calgary, I think, to find a way and win tonight, I kind of like with Markstrom over 26 and a half saves tonight because Brad Larson has been hammering this point home after the loss to Ottawa Sunday. We're making too many passes. We're making too many pretty plays. We got to shoot the puck a lot more. We got to just throw it to the net, get traffic, get bodies to the net, look for rebounds, crash the blue paint, crash the goal crease area. That's the way we're going to score goals. So let's see if they heed the coach's words, Brad Larson. If that's the case, I'd expect the shot volume to increase for the Jackets as a team tonight. So maybe you look at Markstrom's save prop over 26 and a half tonight based on that. And you know what? I want to make you make a great point about that with Brad Larson mentioning that. And, and it's funny because I, I watched Brad Larson a few years when he was in the minors down with the Chicago Wolves in the NHL. John Anderson was his coach. And anybody who watched the Wolves during that time from the 90s to the 2000s, know that, especially on the power play, like I said, it was a furious pace. You tried to get a lot of pucks on that, a lot of traffic in front. And that might be the reason why we're seeing these high totals first period and full game with Columbus. Uh, like I said, you know, that that's just kind of the style in which you know, at, at, for at least part of his career he played. And, and now uh, with the talent that Columbus has, they don't really have that much on the blue end to kind of keep up with that pace, but they have enough speed offensively to where they can really kind of rush teams uh, and, and make some noise. So except for him to, to make that uh, that statement, that's definitely something to keep an eye on with this trend now. We're seeing, like I said, 14-3 last 17. That could continue to keep going. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think here? Blue Jackets hosting the Flames. Yeah, I'm going straight for the over total in this whole game, over the six, and and I will do what Alex suggested as well. But, yeah, I definitely think they're going to hit that six easily. Yeah, the power play has been awful. Absolutely brutal. Three for 45 
for the power play of Columbus uh, during this uh, run. It's been terrible. Patrick Lyon, again, disappointing for the most part this year for the uh, Jackets. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's just uh, they've had a hard time generating offense. And they're going to try to do that, uh, just throw the puck on net a lot mentality, or at least that's what uh, coach is imploring them to do. We'll see if they follow through on that here tonight. But there's a lot of forwards uh, that are in a bit of a funk right now uh, for the uh, Jackets. Really, other than Bjorkstrand's had a couple of hot streaks here and there. Same with Tessier. And outside of that, line, has been inconsistent uh, for the uh, Jackets. Uh, Bjorkstrand, like I say, lately, he's been up and down. They do get absolutely nothing from Max Domi for the most part. So there's just all kinds of issues with getting uh, a bunch of depth scoring for this team. Andrew, uh, Calgary-Columbus. You know, it's an interesting game because obviously, like you said, uh, we saw what happened with Calgary's last game. I mean, impressive, you know, big seven spot for them, touchdown plus the extra point. Uh, question is, what can Columbus do right now? And what's what's the next game plan for them? Because they've been the definition of inconsistent. I'll tell you what, I don't think that as far as the money line goes, I don't think I can justify what Calgary's price is. So to me, that that helps me stay away from Calgary. Um, I, I kind of want to look towards uh, a Columbus play here in some way, shape, or form. Maybe it be their team total or something like that. But then when I looked at that, I kind of thought, well, if you like their team total, then why don't you like the full game over? Um, and then I'm kind of getting in my head here, guys, because I feel like I like the over in a lot of games tonight. So I might as well bet that grand salami. Uh, but I, just like Jimmy, yeah, I think we'll see some goals in this one. Um, but I like the props in this game. I really do. I mean, you could take a look at some of these key guys uh for whether it's for columbus or for calgary but uh blake coleman over three shots on goal i was looking at um lindholm over two and a half shots on goal some of these guys and, and that save prop you mentioned is really good 26 and a half i was already eyeing it up being um because it's like we said this is a, a prop where you could have calgary win this game 4-1 but still columbus peppers them with shots and and marshram cashes your bet for you so that's right not a lot for me in this game um, but I'll, I'll tell you what, I'm not, I'm not eager to, to dash to the window to bat Calgary in this spot. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a price that's up there with them. Uh, if, certainly if you like them, you got to look first period puck line or regulation line or, or full game puck line. You don't really want to lay minus one, uh, 80, uh, like you're being asked to here with them in this game. So, uh, interesting matchup here, flames and jackets. We'll see how it goes, uh, for sure. Before we get to our last two games on this, uh, Wednesday card, by the way, thanks to everyone for uh, joining us here. Uh, on the uh, uh, Ice Guys show on YouTube Live. We appreciate it. Uh, hit the like button, uh, definitely, if you haven't done so already. Uh, it helps us out a lot, no question about that. Uh, we'll get to our last two games uh, in just a second. But first, we want to bring up, of course, our great partners here at the Hockey Podcast Network and the Ice Guys show, that being uh, DraftKings Sportsbook. Four teams left in the NFL playoffs. Four teams left for you to bet on at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 and get $280 in free bets if your team wins. Not a new customer, you can experience the conference championship still with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win $280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years of age or older. Must reside in a DraftKings Sportsbook state. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Sign up for an account. Use the promo code THPN. All right. The next game on this uh, Wednesday slate. Actually, the next two games are the TNT doubleheader games uh, on this Wednesday night. The first one being Chicago taking on Detroit. We've got the uh, Red Wings minus 115 to minus 120. Home favorites here. Five and a half being the total uh, in this game. Uh, the uh, Chicago Blackhawks, the more you see them lose, the more you see the trade rumors flying around. You just got to wonder if this team's at the point where I don't want to say they want to abandon ship on the playoff dreams and the playoff hopes, but we're, we're slowly starting to get there, I think, 
uh, with the Chicago Blackhawks. It's been four straight losses for them. Uh, Colorado, they lose in overtime to Minnesota. They lose at home 5-1 to the Wild before that. And then uh, Seattle beats them in a shootout to start the uh, four-game uh, losing streak here for the uh, Blackhawks. You got Detroit off back-to-back losses against uh, Nashville and Dallas. Uh, the Dallas game, they were leading 4-3 at home late in that game, and Dallas ties it in the final minute, and they end up winning in overtime. So uh, definitely a very, very uh, unfortunate setback there for the Red Wings. Uh, Blackhawks frustrated with uh, the last game, saying they just didn't have the puck enough, not enough in the time in the offensive zone. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury's doing all he can. He'll be in net tonight again for Chicago. Uh, almost like he's auditioning himself now because he's definitely been linked in some trade rumors lately. Uh, we'll see how this one plays out with these two teams. But uh, I'll be honest, I'm closer to betting Detroit than Chicago uh, in this game. The one thing about Detroit is, is they've been pretty solid at home for the most part, 13-9 and nine here at Little Caesars Arena uh, on their home ice. I mean, just seven wins on the road uh, all season long for Chicago. Uh Detroit, you know, has, has, has definitely played their better uh, hockey here on home ice and Chicago on a four-game losing streak. I don't know where they're at mentally. They know that there could be some players jettisoned uh, from this team prior to the deadline and not playing very well right now. Defensively, they've been hit or miss. Again, the offense, they've scored just one goal in two of the last three games as well. So uh, I don't know if I'll bet the game. I'm passing as of now, uh, but I do lean to Detroit a little bit here at home. Uh, Alex, what do you think, Blackhawks, Red Wings? So I bet this last night, and I grabbed Blackhawks plus $1.05. You look at how that game against Colorado went. They struggled offensively, but they, you know, like I said, ran into the buzzsaw that, that is the avalanche at home. Uh, that that was definitely a much better effort than what we saw from, say, Friday night when they got crushed uh, against Minnesota. They even, you know, kind of turned that around and had a better effort, a bit in the losing effort uh, when they came here to Minnesota. So they're kind of progressing, uh, you know, in this losing streak, uh, you know, trying to find light at the end of the tunnel. This is a game here where I really think the, you know, the leaders and the captains need to step up tonight. That's Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane. They're the only guys that are left that remember, you know, what this series used to be. Obviously, with Detroit now being in the Eastern Conference, these teams only play twice a year. But, you know, this is still a rivalry. And being a nationally televised game as well, this is one of those games where I would like to think that you know one of those two guys to step up and maybe say some words in the locker room and and let some of these younger guys and these newer guys know, hey, this is a, a serious opponent. No matter how bad they are, uh, you know, if we're wearing that Indian head on our chest, we need to beat Detroit. Uh, you know, if, if, even if some older, you know, somebody from the office came down, somebody needs to kind of let these guys know that there's just some games you got to take fucking seriously. This is one of them. And the fact that they're on a four-game losing streak, Flurry back in net, and he, yes, he's kind of auditioning himself, but now he's going to really have to have a bulk of the workload too because Kevin Lankinen's out three weeks with a hand injury. So it's Arvid Soderblom who this guy's not going to be uh, NHL material. I'm just going to keep it real with everyone. He's he's a backup at best in the AHL, but he's the guy backing up Flurry for tonight and in the future. So Flurry's going to have to you know really just kind of keep things afloat. Uh, and, and play his ass off, but these guys in front of him have definitely got to score some goals. So I like the Hawks here to get the win. I like Patrick Kane to score a goal at plus 200, and I also like Alex Debrinket to earn a point as well. There's nothing I love more than Alex ripping on a goaltender. That's what I live for. <laughs> <laughs> and getting all fired up about his Blackhawks. Yeah. I love it. And saying it's time to man up here and, you know, just wake up and beat Detroit. They're still your rivals for decades, even though you only play them twice a year now, once at home, once on the road. Still want to, uh, yeah, Wings did light up uh, Flurry in the last game. 6 3 yeah. Detroit beat Yeah, Chicago. it was an embarrassing loss really at home and to end the homestand, too. So, so they, they've got that in their minds as well. Yeah, absolutely. We'll see if uh, Chicago uh, can snap out of this four-game uh, losing streak. It's actually an uh, oddly intriguing game, even though Detroit's obviously had a rough season. Chicago's been a disappointment, but uh, TNT's locked into this game, so hopefully we get a a good one, an enjoyable one to watch on uh, national television tonight between these two teams. Lucas Raymond, by the way, I, I believe he had a hat trick uh, in the uh, game uh, against Chicago earlier this year, so uh, does that mean he finds the uh, back of the net tonight? Uh, once again uh, against this uh, Red Wings team or against this uh, Chicago team that remains to be seen. Yeah, it was a hat trick and an assist. It was a four point game for Lucas Raymond. So maybe there's something to that. Lucas Raymond props tonight potentially for uh, Detroit. Jimmy, what do you think here? Chicago, Detroit. Well, Alex, you know, I love you, but I, I did tell you I grew up a Red Wings fan. So, right. 
Go Wings. But, uh, you know, as far as the game goes, I'm not, I'm not going to go with the side on this one, but I am going to take two overplays here, and that's the first period over and the total over as well. Five and a half is just too, too tempting not to jump on there. Uh, I think these teams go back and forth. You mentioned it's on TNT. They're going to be revved up for that. They're going to want to put on a show. And, you know, as Alex said, there's uh, and you said, there's, there's teams here, uh, there's players right now that know they're, they're, they're being uh, shopped on the NHL trade market. And, you know, you're on a national game like this. A lot of scouts, a lot of GMs are going to have that game on, whether they're at home or whether they're on their phone or what have you. People will be tuning into it, and they know this is a good chance to showcase their skills. So I expect some goals back and forth. All right, Jimmy's like him first period and full game over. I think Alex Nadalkovich should be the goalie tonight for Detroit, but it's uh, not been 100% confirmed yet, but I expect to see him here uh, in between the uh, pipes for the uh, Red Wings tonight. Uh, Andrew, any thoughts here? Blackhawks, Red Wings. Honestly, no action here for me, fellas. Rich makes a good point. Uh, things to be weary about with Chicago here. Fourth game in six days for them and three days of rest for Detroit. Yeah, definite rest advantage. You would think Detroit's a fresher team tonight. Will that be enough for them to win? We'll wait and see. But definitely uh, some uh, food for thought there. That Definitely in terms of games played, much fewer games in recent days for Detroit compared to Chicago. Uh, does that help them out tonight? Uh, in this game. All right, final game and maybe the game of the night uh, in the NHL, Boston Bruins, Colorado Avalanche. This is the second game of your TNT doubleheader uh, tonight. Uh, it'll be Colorado minus uh, 170 uh, home favorites, uh, six the total uh, shaded to the over uh, in this one. Um, so you're going to have, I believe, Kenny, uh, Albert, and Keith Jones in the first game. And they usually have Darren Pang, Brendan Burke, and Jennifer Botterill does a phenomenal job in the uh, late game. Uh, in between the uh, benches. There's a reason she's on Hockey Night in Canada in this country and TNT south of the border. She does a terrific job. Uh, she's earned that opportunity. Um, so they'll be probably doing this game, Boston, Colorado. Look, the way I see it here is Boston coming off that loss to Anaheim. I do expect them to play better here uh, tonight against uh, Colorado. I think they had one eye looking forward here to this big TNT game, national TV against the uh Colorado Avalanche, you know, one of the top teams in the National Hockey League. And it hasn't always been pretty for Colorado. You look at them even during this seven-game win streak that they're on right now. You know, they've had some close calls. A shootout win against Arizona, shootout win against Minnesota, overtime win against Montreal. Uh, they only won 2 nothing in a, a, sh a shutout against Anaheim, and they got an empty net goal late. So it's not been easy necessarily for Colorado uh, the last few games. But still, they're finding ways to win. Uh, they've now 18 and three here at home ice. I keep calling it the Pepsi center. It's ball arena. I have to remember that now uh, they've changed the name, uh, but yeah, 18 and three at home for Colorado. They've been magnificent. I'm starting to look at recent games for Colorado where they played great competition at home. They were minus 165, minus 170 at home against Toronto uh, in a recent game. Uh, they were minus like 250, you know, against uh, Minnesota uh, recently for a home game as well. Uh, and you're seeing them here about minus 170 uh, against Boston. I think Toronto is better than Boston. And I even think Minnesota is a little bit better than Boston. So, and yet, uh, you know, Colorado was laying minus 240, 250 uh, against Minnesota in a home game recently. I actually think it's actually a decent price for Colorado, believe it or not. Uh, I lean avalanche in regulation here uh, in this game. I, I, I don't know if the Bruins are up to the task. And certainly Jimmy can speak on this in a few minutes going on the road here and taking down this juggernaut. Colorado team that's only lost three home games all year, especially when you consider the fact that once again might be a little bit shorthanded uh, for this game. Matt Grizzlick looks like he's been ruled out already uh, on the uh, blue line, so you'll be down him here in this game. You've got Linus Allmark uh, in net for Boston. I'll say this though about Allmark: uh, you look at the way he's played; he's won seven consecutive starts. So there's a reason he's getting this start for Bruce Cassidy tonight because I think they have a little more faith in him than Tuca at the moment. Uh, for the Boston Bruins. So he's going to get the start here in net for the uh, uh, for the Bruins. We'll see how he fares. He certainly played better of late. But again, you're talking about this juggernaut offensive team in a place where they've scored goals in bunches all season. So it's a really fascinating game, as you can tell. When I'm talking in circles like this, I don't have a strong opinion on the game, but I think I'll have a small play on Colorado in regulation. I do think they'll find a way here. And the Bruins just on the road against this kind of competition, they've struggled much of the year against these upper echelon teams. We'll see if they can uh, change that narrative here tonight. Alex, what do you think Bruins have? Yeah, I mean, like I said, it, it, it just 
seems like a, a you know suicide mission, honestly, to jump in front of the train that is betting against Colorado at Ball Arena right now. The way that they're playing is just absolutely crazy. Uh, and like I said, they're finding the ways to win, and I think this is the biggest test for them. They're not blowing everybody out 8-1, to 9-1 to one, like they were at the beginning of the year. They, they're getting those gritty wins. They're getting the wins in overtime, the late goals, you know, getting shutouts. That's the way you win playoff hockey. Uh, you're not going to get seven or eight goals a night in the playoffs, but you're going to get those 2-1, to 3-2 to two victories that help you move forward. So in doing this at home, uh, I, I think they're kind of – that's going to be – these are character-building wins for them. So I, I don't want to jump in front of them at all, but – uh, I, I like both teams to score in the first period here. That's a better option than getting the first period over because you got to lay like 150, 160 at this point now. Uh, and eventually that might move to two with the way we're seeing uh, Colorado scoring early. So both teams to score, I got to look at that price. It should be around somewhere around plus 145, plus 150. That's the only thing I would have here tonight. Yeah, I like that. I, I might bet that too. That, that this feels like a game where we could see one goal for each side here in the opening period because it's a marquee game. I think Boston's going to be jumping. Uh, early on, especially after the loss to Anaheim, there's going to be a lot of energy from them, uh, you know. And I think they could sneak up one, sneak one in against Colorado in the first. And Colorado's almost always can rely on them to score a goal at home in the first period. So uh, definitely that both teams to score first period. I, I, I like that quite a bit here as well in this game. Makes a lot of sense. And by the way, even with the first period staying under against Anaheim, I believe Boston is still ten and two to the first period over in their last twelve games. So they have been. Definitely a first period over team. Ten of the last twelve, in fact. Uh, Jimmy, uh, how is this team going to handle it here? Big task, big challenge. Boston, Colorado. They're going to get smoked. Wow. There you go. <laughs> I'm just going to be. I'm just going to be blunt. That's my take. They're going to get smoked. I don't like this game at all right now. I think the Bruins are headed into a little slump right now. Uh, I don't like what I saw in terms of team defense and obviously goaltending. I mean, Almark will be in tonight, but. Uh, still, it, it, it's just there's something going on right now with the Bruins where they think they can just start off slow, uh, and this isn't the team to do it to. And I, I, I would beg to differ on the each team scoring in this first period just for that sole reason because the Bruins have looked uh, rather lackadaisical in, in the first period. I think the time that they have scored, I know they have those first period overs, but I think that's been more a result of the team they're playing. Well, they're playing you know the best team in hockey arguably here tonight. Uh, so I'm going to look at um, Colorado in regulation. Uh, and actually, you know what? No, give me a Jimmy Puck line. Why the hell not? Give me a Jimmy Puck line here. We're going to plus 125, I, I'm seeing right now. And then give me a team total over three and a half for the Colorado Avalanche in this game. Um, and yeah, I just, I don't like where the Bruins are headed right now. There, there's That game to me had a lot of telling issues there. The one thing though, I will say, if you're, if you're thinking of betting this game in-game, on the flip side, Colorado has kind of sat back as games have gone on. Uh, so maybe watch them in the second and third period. I, they could they could look like they're in cruise control, but they could sit back and then maybe the Bruins make them pay. I don't think that's in the Bruins tonight, but it's just something to keep an eye on as we go forward here with the Avalanche, how they have kind of faded as the game has gone on. So pay attention to that. Yeah, definitely. It's maybe they, you know, and that's, I think Jared Bednar and the Avalanche, they know come playoff time kind of was an issue for them in the series loss against Vegas last year. You know, you got to protect leads. And I think they're trying to work on that uh, throughout the course of the season. So that when April arrives and May arrives, they're in a position where, hey, we got a lead in a playoff game. We keep the lead now uh, rather than let it get away from us. So it is a good point there. I'll give you some little bit of hope if you're a Bruins fan or a Bruins backer tonight. Darcy Kemper's actually 0-5 against them uh, in his career, even though he is uh, starting a net for the Avalanche. Now, again, none of those have been with Colorado, uh, but 0-5, 8-9-3 save percentage and 2.64 goals against versus the uh, uh, Bruins in his career. So we'll see if uh, that's a sign of things to come or is that that's uh, just a product of the teams that he was playing with, most of them in Minnesota, obviously. Uh, for Kemper or Arizona, for that matter, uh, where again, obviously, uh, not a good, not the best team anyway when he was there with the Coyotes. So keep that in mind for sure. But uh, Jimmy's thinking bad things for the uh, Boston Bruins tonight. Uh, Andrew, what are you thinking here? Bruins Avalanche. Well, I, I just don't really think that uh, you know the Avalanche are a team that the Bruins are going to get right against. And I, you know, 
I, I, I respect Jimmy's opinion always when it comes to the Bruins, whether it's betting on them or against them. And I think that, you know, this is an avalanche team that realistically, guys, I think they're what, seven and three last 10, eight and two last 10. They've done so well at home and they really haven't played their best hockey recently. That's to me what's the most dangerous part about this team. When they beat a Montreal team 3 2, or when they win a game, let's say even like 3 1, you think they had a bad game. If this team's not scoring five or six goals, you think something's wrong. If Randon didn't get three points and Landeskog didn't have five shots and McKinnon didn't get a goal, you think there's something wrong, you know? But that's what's so good about this team is that they made it look like it was easy scoring four goals a game. And now they're going to play a Bruins team that, you know, uh, Cassidy admitted that, that Marshy's playing banged up. And I haven't really seen too much depth scoring out of this team in a little while. And then mix in the goaltending problems. How about the pressure on Allmark tonight? I mean, I've, I've been the one talking about the goaltending situation. How about the pressure on Allmark tonight? Um, you know, I, I think it's going to be a tough one for the bees. And I just don't think Colorado's the team. They get their shit together. Albeit it's a big game for them. I'm just not so sure this is the game they can do it. So uh, I think Colorado on the puck line presents good value because how often do we really get this price on Colorado with the puck line, right? A lot of time it's like a minus price on the puck line with them. Or even money, uh, if you're lucky. Yeah. That's that's about all you get with it. But here you get a plus 130 to plus 135 uh, if you like Colorado, uh, minus one and a half goals. So it looks like Andrew like in Colorado puck line here, minus one and a half. I'm going to throw out a prop for you. In a, and I'm not much. I, most of my player props are, first of all, goal scoring wise tonight for Colorado. I wouldn't argue with Kadri. I would. I'd take a shot with Newhook because Newhook's getting his chances again and shots. He's kind of cooled off lately, but still getting his uh, opportunities uh, to score goals of late uh, for the uh, Avalanche. He's had five shots on goal the last two games, and he did score against Montreal. So I think the floodgates might start opening for him. But the prop that I'm zoning in on tonight, and uh, it's to me an, an excellent prop bet because of just what we've seen lately uh, from them. Uh, you look at it with Nazem Kadri here, here uh, going back to January 6th against Winnipeg at home at Ball Arena. Here are the shots on goal he's had five, six, six, five, four, five, seven. Those are the shots on goal he's had. His shots on goal prop tonight is three and a half at even money. It's Nazem Kadri for me over three and a half shots on goal at plus 100. He's gone over that number in pretty much like what seven straight home games or something like that, like routinely four, five, six, seven shots on goal for Kadri uh, during that stretch. So it's a terrific prop in my opinion. Kadri over three and a half shots here uh, for the uh, Colorado Avalanche tonight uh, in this game. Uh, great stuff from everybody. Uh, we appreciate uh, everybody tuning in on YouTube Live. With 200 live viewers, hit the like button. Uh, we appreciate that for sure uh, on this Wednesday card. Uh, hey, and before we go, I'm going to jump in with yeah. you on that too. You know why? Because, I mean, think back. Kadri's had a lot of battles with the Boston Bruins over the years when he was with yeah. the Leafs. There's some bad blood there. So, yeah, that's a, that's a great call right there. Yeah, three. And there's a reason it's three and a half. And, uh, you know, sometimes you get, do get scared off the three and a half once in a while with the shots on goal props because usually you prefer two and a half with a lot of these if you like the over. But, this one, even at three and a half, I think it can get there because it's we're seeing just nothing but fours and fives and sixes and even the seven shots on goal that he had against Chicago uh, in the last home game for Colorado. So no question about that. I think over three and a half shots for Nazem Kadri tonight's a good look uh, in that uh, late TNT game. All right, best bets to wrap up the Wednesday show. Uh, Alex, we'll start with you. Best bet. Yeah, most of the stuff I like is is going to be in-game situations. So the only thing I have pregame right now is the Chicago Blackhawks plus 105. They have won five of the uh, yeah, five of the last seven meetings in Detroit and 10 of the last 14 as well. Uh, this is definitely a game where, you know, this is a team they can beat. They're not playing a juggernaut like Minnesota or Colorado. They're going to be on national TV. This is a rival. Uh, they need to get things rolling in, in, the, in the right direction. This is the way to do it. And as always, Detroit sucks. So let's go with the Hawks plus 105 on the money line. There you go. I had to get that in too. Detroit sucks. Chicago plus 105 uh, against Detroit for Alex P. Smith with his uh, best bet. Uh, yeah, Allen's right in the chat. Uh, this is a big start for Kemper tonight in that Colorado game because you're right. He's got Pavel Francouz on fire right now, playing terrific behind him. Very true, very so true. Yeah. Kind of, I think Pavel Francouz, since he's come back, he's not only played well, but he's like trying to make a statement like this should be a 1A, 1B situation with our goaltending. It shouldn't be just Darcy Kemper, the number yeah. one by default. Francouz is pushing him 
for more playing time and more starting time. So uh, it's a big, important outing here tonight for Kemper against Boston. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think here for best bet tonight? I'm going to stay in that Detroit-Chicago game as well and take that first period over. All right, first period over. Detroit-Chicago for Jimmy in this one, which is uh, pretty much even money here, minus 110. Blackhawks, Red Wings over one and a half. Best bet for Jimmy Murphy. Andrew, best bet. Yeah, best bets have been good, but I couldn't get there yesterday. I, I went with the Islanders puck line, and I guess I should have ate the juice with the regulation. That one was kind of tough to see. They Fourth never score finish. an empty net goal for you when they're I up know. by one. That yeah, team is one of the worst teams in the yeah. NHL to, to give you an yep. empty net goal when they're They're a bad puck one. line yeah. team. I just didn't yeah. like it because that regulation price just kept getting shot up. I think we'll see goals in the Leafs and Ducks game, guys. Over five and a half for me in that one. All right, Anaheim, Toronto, over five and a half. Uh, minus 120, best bet here for uh, Andrew McGinnis on this uh, Wednesday uh, NHL uh, card. I'm going to go, I'm going to switch it up today. Player prop, best bet. And I'm going to give you two, two best bets, two player prop, best bets. We're going to go Jacob Markstrom, Calgary Flames, over 26 and a half saves. We're just basically hearing it right from the coach's mouth that we need to shoot the puck a lot more. I love that too, Andrew. Columbus. Yeah, and so Markstrom over 26 and a half saves. And the prop I mentioned in the final game, Nazem Kadri over three and a half shots on goal, plus 100 even money. I like both of those props. Again, Kadri has been four plus shots repeatedly now for like seven or eight straight home games uh, in Colorado. So how about we switch it up and let's see if we can get a 2-0 and for best bets for me. Jacob Markstrom, Calgary Flames, over 26 and a half saves. Nazem Kadri, Colorado Avalanche, over three and a half shots on goal. Plus 100, two player prop best bets for me on this Wednesday uh, NHL card. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone in the chat for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out if you haven't done so already. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, uh, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio download the podcast when you can't tune in live on youtube for alex b smith for jimmy murphy for andrew mcginnis i'm ian cameron have a great wednesday night enjoy the games and good luck and we will talk to you again tomorrow on thursday for another edition of the ice guys presented by the hockey podcast network